weeks called Call Me, and my family. Um, my name is Judy, as the person I just said, and um, I'm married to Taryn, and we've got five kids, which means about eight different WhatsApp groups just to do with kids, extramurals and classes, and then there's the teacher's presence, and then my personal favourite is then the other group that starts to thank the teachers, the class rep for each class. So another group starts, dads, um, I know we're all about mutualism here, but I don't think most of you understand this. There's class reps, right? And then another group starts by someone else who's not the class rep saying, don't we want to thank the class rep, she's done a great job. And she has. But uh, multiply that times five, there's like another five groups that are now like, it's totally voluntary, just so we put something together. So, and that's without extra meals. That's all just to say that this time of year is wild for me. I also work, and um, we decided to embark on a two-month renovation that is about two days from finishing. Um, so, <laughs> I am a broken woman standing before you. And we haven't actually done a big renovation before, but we went into it. I mean, we're so grateful that we can do it. We've been dreaming about doing this for 10 years since we bought our home. And um, even in the beginning stages, you know, not having a living room, having everyone basically in our room to eat and uh, do homework and rest, uh, you know, when they come home from school, because our whole living room and kitchen was being done. Um, I, I remember that thinking, gee, you've grown so much because I was doing washing up in a bucket and thinking, I'm even grateful for this. That was within the first week of the renovation. Um, I've actually been sitting here now. I'm dead inside at this moment. I have no more gratitude in for this renovation. I just wanted to end, even if they haven't finished, like snag lists, whatever, just please me. And um, I'm not sure if we will ever be free of us, like action, you know, like it's in my hair and it's in our bed, no matter what we do. So that's where I'm at. Um, and then I was asked to preach, and this was a long time ago, but of course life happens. And I got to this week and I've also got work deadlines, and I just haven't had the space that I would have liked to spend time with God and really dwell on this message. So to be honest, I felt very underprepared and overwhelmed coming into this weekend. And um, I even, I'm just trying to actually summarize the story, my creator. I basically went to bed last night still feeling overwhelmed and underprepared. And um, I had that beautiful experience of feeling God praying over me. <laughs> I don't know if you've had that feeling like, you know, you read those verses of God goes before you and, you know, he's, he, you know, he is singing and praying over you. I woke up at about half past four this morning uh, with a, another pastor friend that I know that I haven't seen for like a year and a half. Um, basically preaching such a beautiful benediction <laughs> over me and this message. And isn't that beautiful? Because um, it's for you guys, you know, I'm just a vessel, I'm underprepared, but God and His Holy Spirit well, Holy Spirit is over-prepared. And <laughs> so excited. It's like, it's not actually about you, Judy. Let me just get at those people through and, um, and it wasn't actually Tom praying for me while I was um, half asleep and waking up. It was the Holy Spirit praying words over you. And um, the gist of it was, um, God, as she speaks, may, may they be rooted 
established in you. May they be rooted and established in you. And um, part of me at this time of year is I'm also just emotional. <laughs> so these are happy tears, kids. There's, um, there's nothing deeply wrong. Um, but um, my prayer, joining with Holy Spirit this morning, is that by the end of this message, um, that you would be more rooted and established in Christ. And um, I'm speaking my kind of kind of like topic that I was dealing with in this identity series was that I have the power of Christ, I have the mind of Christ. And um, I just felt so so readily this morning even how empowered we can be by Christ. Though we are weak and weary, how much power is available to us? And so that's what I want to speak about. Um, for the last 12 weeks, we've been dwelling on our identity in Christ in the series. If you knew, uh, we've, been, we've been sitting mainly on Ephesians 1, which is Paul writing to a church and really trying to root and establish it in their identity in Christ. And we've been going through kind of verse by verse. And it really should blow our minds, really, who we are in Christ. But our senses are so often dull. I've got that picture of um, that king that's like half asleep, half dead in the Lord of the Rings. You know what I'm talking about? He's being kind of bewitched. And he's just a, a deadened version of himself. And just like him, we need life and we need Jesus' resurrection power to really understand who we are in Christ. It doesn't just come through head knowledge. We need divine intervention to see who we are in Christ, to grasp the reality of who we are. This isn't some figment of our imagination, something we have to kind of like work ourselves up to believe. It's true, but so often we're half dead, half asleep dead. And that's why Paul, in, in these verses and throughout his books, so often letting us in on his prayers for us, like he does throughout Ephesians. I'm just going to read the last bit for us. Ephesians 1, verse 17 to 22. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. You can say wow if you want. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Wow! Wow! That's Paul's prayer, not just for the Ephesians, but for us today. And I felt it, friends, this morning. The Holy Spirit wanting to open our eyes more and more with wisdom and revelation to enlighten us, to lighten the eyes of our hearts, to see the hope that we've been called to and the power that is ours in Christ. Elsewhere, 
in 1 Corinthians, he says, we have not received the spirit of this world, that dull, half alive spirit, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. Wow! What God has freely given us. No, not has, not will, has, present and continuous. It's available and accessible. When you get this, it's like a Neo in the Matrix. <laughs> you know when you take that like, I don't remember if it's red or blue, which is it? He chooses the red color and his eyes are open. Oh my goodness. He sees things as they really are. And I'm hoping that more and more we have that red pill moment in our walk with Christ. When you see what Paul sees, when you see yourself through God's eyes, what do you see? What we should see is that God's power is in us already, at work in us and through us. That we have access to everything that the Father has. God spoke so beautifully a few weeks ago about this. You have all of heaven's resources at your disposal. You just need to ask if you're going about the Father's business. And then as David said last week, because of this, every part of your life glistens with hope. Every part of it. It doesn't just hasn't been touched by ultimate reality yet. I used to think that hearing these kind of verses um, meant that I should be doing more with my life. But somehow I've missed the mark because my life doesn't always kind of reflect what I imagine having all of heaven's resources at my disposal should look like. This morning, for instance, I woke up with paint all over me because I painted a floor yesterday. That's one of the reasons I'm wearing long pants. There's too much enamel gray paint. You think that I was new. And um, I've got blisters on my hand. I said, I've got dust in my bed. The sink is full to overflowing. Uh, my kids were arguing. This does not look like a life empowered with resurrection power all the time. But I don't think that What if Christ's power isn't to save us from our ordinary lives, but to empower us to fully live in, to fully step into our story? That's what I believe now. To truly inhabit our bodies and our lives like Christ came and inhabited his in this world. To incarnate our story and our lives. You see, I don't know about you, but I feel like some of us um, feel like we're meant to be living someone else's life if we're to be more like Christ, you know? Um, but I've come to realize that to be more Christ-like is to be more Jew-like. In my shoes, and to live like Christ has, um, has of course, uh, kind of like modeled us to live with godliness and all power at our disposal, but to live a Jew-like existence, not an Christianity-like existence, or a Brad-like existence, a Jew-like life. Said in another way, when we have Christ's mind about ourselves, He has our feet. I used to think of um, Christ being in the city, you know, like, you know those bracelets, what would Jesus do? I used to think about myself having to wear those kind of like pokey sandals from the first century. I've got a picture of it. Um, you know, like, if I was to be more like Christ, 
and it would look like that, you know? That would be Jesus walking around the city. Um, but I don't think like that. Now I think that Christ stepping into our story and into the city looks a bit more like the next picture. That's Christ in our city. If we've got Christ in us, then he's got our shoes and we get to be his ambassadors and have his power and our resources to step into our lives in our shoes and, and find out each one of us what that means for our life and our stories and our steps. Um, our kind of mission statement as a church is stepping into the story of Christ for the sake of the city. And um, just preparing for this message, I was reminded that none of us can step into the story if we haven't first stepped into our story and fully acknowledge that Christ has stepped into our story. That's what makes the difference. So, um, I want to preach for the remainder of my time here to your feet. One day you can just look down at your feet right now. Just your ordinary feet. Look at where. In January, when we moved into this venue, I had this um, picture and worship of our feet. And of this kind of picture that I'm trying to describe to you now of um, us being Christ's feet into the city of Cape Town. And, um, and I haven't shared that yet, but I feel like it's, it's beautiful that it's landing at the end of the year that, that these are the feet that step into the story of Christ for the sake of Cape Town. Yours and mine. Your feet. So I want to reach to your feet and I want to give them an identity. I want to let them know what they have been made for as we step into our stories and learn to fully inhabit and incarnate our lives, our one and only lives, the only ones we truly can, instead of wasting time wishing we were in somebody else's shoes. I hope that by the end of this message, you don't just accept your faith and your story and your life, but that you embrace it and you love it and you realize that it has been God ordained. So I've got five points about when we step into our story, which is his story for us, and comprehend the power that Paul was speaking about with all wisdom and revelation that is at hand. What happens to these feet? Number one, we trample snakes and scorpions. Daughters and sons of Eve. You were destined to crush the heads of snakes and scorpions. To crush the head of demonic oppression and evil injustice and Satan in our world. Luke 10, this is Christ's own words. I have given you all authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. How much power of the enemy? All the power of the enemy. Sickness, disease, injustice, oppression. Look at your feet. God has put power in you to trample the heads of snakes and scorpions. Your feet. I really do feel this prophetically for us and for some of us in particular. 
um, that God has got a mantle on your life to do this. And you thought, who am I? Hiding in the background, who am I to do that, you know? Um, and I feel like you know who it is. Um, you know that's you. But God's putting kind of like, I feel like steel in your bones. And like weight in your feet. So even right now, you might feel the sensation. And that's God um, doing what only He can do so that you can walk out the story of yours with all power, all power, to set and crush the enemy. Number two, when we step into our story, we outrun temptation. 1 Corinthians 10 says this God is faithful, He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out. Isn't that beautiful? Sometimes we just feel like some things in our lives and temptations feel unbearable, right? But that's not ultimate reality, friends. That is not ultimate reality. His peace that God has given you, the, the power that is accessible to you, mean you can outrun temptation. You can outrun it. He makes a way. It might feel like there's this kind of like prison that you're in, but there's a trapdoor. Look for the trapdoor and run toward it. He will provide a way out. Think of, of Joseph running, picking up his cloak and running. Sometimes we meant to just run from temptation. Just flee it. Yes, you've been given all power to crush the head of a snake, but wisdom means sometimes we go, I am weak and frail, and I'm running from this temptation. May I urge you, if that resonates with you, pick up your cloak and run. Use those feet to run. Flee temptation. It always leads to death and captivity. Playing with sin, it's like playing with a little kitten, little lion cub. It will grow up and devour you. Run from temptation. Don't believe the lies that it's impossible. God is faithful to always provide a way out. Look for the capital. Number three, when we step into our stories and step into the power that Christ has for us, we stand firm. Sometimes we run, but mostly we stand. It's one of my favorite um, parts of scripture, Ephesians 6, verse 13 to 17, speaking about putting on the full armor of God. And it's talking about this fierce battle. And then it says, and after everything, to remain standing. When we wear in Christ's armor and we step into the power God has for us in our shoes, we can stay standing. Yes. Life can knock us down from time to time. We can feel overwhelmed and weary. But ultimately, our faith and what God has called us to walk in is standing still. I don't know about you, but that's, that resonates with me. I feel like in my own strength, I've gone down again and again. But Christ has, has put something in me that just makes me like a boy. Just come back. And it's not because of my goodness or robustness. It's Christ in me. It's like Santa. You've got all resources of heaven at your disposal. Yes, but some things have been devastating and heartbreaking and, and gut-wrenching. Stand up. 
stand firm after everything, remain standing. And I felt just to encourage some people that have endured very tough times. That God's got you, and you're standing not alone. I've got this picture of you standing in his hand. You don't stand in your own strength. You're standing in the Father's hand. He's got you. And you can stand. You can remain standing. Come what may, you can remain standing. Number four, when we access the power that is ours in Christ, he makes our feet beautiful. Isaiah 52 verse 7, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those that bring good news, who proclaim peace and salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Friends, God wants to make our feet tough. That's what I think the point before is, that we remain standing. We're not sissies, right? There's fear in us. Actually, both of those, those points before. But there's also a softness in our hearts. Hard feet, soft hearts. So often, I think, I think most often, our inclination as humans is to have soft feet and hard hearts, right? If you've lived long enough, your heart can be hard because life can be tough and, and you, just, you just want to protect your feet, right? Comfort them, put them out. You don't want to put yourself out there. But Christ is compelling you to toughen up your feet and to soften out your heart. To go where other people don't want to go, to walk on burning coals and broken glass, to find the broken and lost. Because you love them. Not because of anything that's in you, but because Christ has poured his love into your heart. And he's toughened you up. What beautiful feet. Go the opposite way to the slipstream of foot traffic. The world will say, preserve yourself, protect yourself. Go this way to um, ultimate wellness and health and well-being. And Christ is not, I want you to go back that way. I want you to go to suffering and broken people. I want you to enter places that are dangerous perhaps and dark because you carry within you all power and my love. And I've toughened your feet. He wants to make our feet beautiful. And fifthly, when we realize the power that Christ has given us, we can walk on water. When we have Christ in us, we can chart new paths. And I, I felt this also really prophetically for some of us. That God wants you to go where no one has gone before. And the beautiful thing about walking on water um, is it's so obviously not you, right? It's about God putting faith in you and you just stepping out being obedient. And you can go places that boats can't go. And you can chart paths that haven't been charted. The key here, though, if you remember the story in the Gospels about, um, is it who walks in the water with Jesus? Is it Peter? Peter. Um, 
is you've got to keep your eyes fixed on Christ. You, you take it off Him and you look at the ways and the possibility of what God has called you and you'll stop thinking, no worries, He's got you. He'll grab you and say, you are a little faith, you little faith. Look at me again. Look, I've got you. All power is available to you. You have the mind of Christ. You can walk on water. Not in sandals from the first century, but in your own shoes. I also felt back within this point that God is calling you to do some things that feel deeply individual. Um, feel like some of you are wrestling. Like, this just feels so unique and not done before. It feels like I hold these impossible things within me. How can it be? And I feel God saying, because I've made you and I've made you to chart a path that has not been charted before. To walk on water. So friends, I just want to encourage you with those five things that, that the practical outworking of this whole series about realizing who we are in Christ, this head knowledge needs to sink down deep to our feet. And when it does, we trample snakes and scorpions. We outrun temptation. We stand firm. He makes our feet beautiful and we can walk on water. I want to um, do something a bit unusual now and a bit weird. <laughs> um, and if you are not comfortable doing this, no problem. No one's going to judge you. But I wonder if you might be willing to take off your shoes. <laughs> right now. If you don't want it, no problem.
that I, I, even though I was um, uh, unprepared, I have been, I've had, I've carried this message for a long time. And in, in an earlier prep for it, I had this picture of some of our shoes up on, up on there. It was like an altar. And um, some people came to mind. Um, Kerry, here you go. Can you bring your shoes? Brad and Liam. Because of the way you walk with Jesus and the obedience 
with which you fix your eyes on him. God's given you lots of talents. But don't look at them. Don't look at them. Look at Christ. And he will make a way.
feel. And all of this is possible, this walking on water, this standing on scorpions' heads, um, this toughening up and then remaining soft. It's only possible because of Christ and his washing of our feet. This is not something that we get to manufacture or engineer. This is all possible because of what Christ has done and his going before us. And um, because tonight he spoke so beautifully, shared, you know, the last supper that we just all partaked in. Um, do you remember what happened just before that? Before we stepped into the story, Christ gets down and he takes off his disciples' shoes and he washes their feet. I don't know if you've ever had your feet washed. I've had them once in a, in, in a kind of Christian setting. And it is a unique experience. It is, you kind of think, oh, not sure. It's deeply vulnerable and humbling. I was going to do it <laughs> this morning, and then I thought, I don't know, actually, if I can, if I want it. And also, there would be something that would be comfortable for someone. Um, to endure, you know, in front of everyone. It's a, it's a vulnerable feeling to place your dirtiest, most, uh, you know, like worn out part of your body in someone's hands to inspect and to lovingly wash clean. It's, it's not, it's a bit, it's, it's not great. And yet, uh, Peter feels just like us and he says, you shall never wash my feet, Jesus. That's what he says. Same guy with water. You, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus looks at him and he says, Unless I do this for you, you can have no part in me. Unless I do this for you, you can have no part in me. Friends, we step into the story of Christ for the sake of our city and we step fully into our lives only because our feet have been washed and our whole lives too by what Christ did on the cross and what we celebrated this morning. He took our dirtiest parts, our deepest, darkest sins and secrets, and he washed them clean so that we have access to all of his power, all of his wisdom and revelation, so that we can boldly step into this world and take our place in his story, in our story. That's what I want to say, and I wonder if the band will come up. And I wonder if you want to respond to this message in whatever way you feel comfortable. Maybe you just want to stay there and remember that this is holy ground. Maybe you want to bring your shoes and offer them in a kind of moment of serenity to Christ. Maybe one of those points particularly stood stood up for you because of how you feel like you haven't accessed it or how you feel called to it. Maybe come forward as your way of stepping up to what God has got in store for you and your beautiful feet.